And welcome back to Richmond Target Talk. My name's Nick. And I'm Andy. And Nick, um, basically since every bad loss we've had since 2021, uh, 2020, sorry, you've made a comment um, that they don't, losses don't quite hurt hurt as much mm. as, as they used to, yep. or there's some soft, soft, soft fluffy pillow of, of comfort, but yep. it still hurts an awful lot. And Yeah, it, it's still, it's extremely painful. We, and and so, I came close to cancelling the podcast this week, and I <laughs> must admit, one of the things that brought me back was reading others' Richmond supporters' angry rants about the game because I, I, I got that they were a little bit tongue-in-cheek and um, special credit to, there were many of them, but uh, One-Eyed Tiger, who's uh, yeah. got a fan website, who, who went to the trouble with about 10 videos, went, forensically went through the last 10, 15 minutes of the game and sort of outlined all, all the dumb things that we did. And I, I must say, full credit, that I, that kind of fan frustration uh, makes me feel part of a community it actually helped helped in a weird way even though people were intensely frustrated it helped me see both the frustrating side but also the humor of it and brought me back a little bit mm. yeah so um i was i was suffering by myself watching the game but um my wife and kids are with um some good friends of ours and almost everyone there was a was a Richmond supporter and, you know, the, what, what, you know, what we'd hoped was almost, a an affirmation of the, the children's decision to back for, for Richmond, um, you know, when the kids hadn't seen each other for a long time. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> my son didn't take it well. He is, he is his father's son in that regard. Yes. So, Yeah, I, I had to turn it off, and uh, it was surprising actually. It didn't annoy me as much as some games, but no, it didn't. It, they, I saw a thread online of, um, uh, was this our worst ever loss? And and I am again reminded of the time we did a we did a show where we went through our personal. Uh, top five worst ever losses and we both had a completely separate top five list and we just went through them and going oh yeah good choice <laughs> like it's, it is a deep and rich well to draw from it, it is and look we sh- there's no doubt we should have won and should have held on and oh we won we won on expected shots by 30 points um you know there's there's part Sort of, I'm sure the the animal brain part of Dima would just um, want the the Monday review to be um, a looping uh, ninety second uh, clip of all the things that um, Jason Castagna uh, stuffed up in the in the course of the game. Um, I, I do think we did reach peak George or perfect George oh. at the moment where he he shanked his left foot kick so badly that he was able to tackle the person who marked it. Um, I, I thought that was, you know, he, he got a he got a kit disposal under pressure act, so it was yeah. sort of... Um, Padding his stance, yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it did remind me horribly of um, when, when a golfer just loses their technique uh, completely. Like, it is, uh, it's the... You know, he's he's clearly gone down the path of having a very 
individual set of kicking mechanics, but well, well Jack, Jack, Jack's actually said publicly that they don't try and they haven't tried to really drill into him a systemic method that they feel that that would just make him more in his head about his kicking. They sort of they're a bit um, let, let, let it fly. And yeah. look, the, on, the statistics say that he is. I mean, he's certainly not good, but he's not. Um, he's not quite as comically bad as he seems sometimes, but the the unorthodox mechanics do mean that when when it goes wrong, he sort of he doesn't um, have something to fall back on. Yeah, and it seems like he had a new system where he looks even less at the goal than he normally does. Yeah. And that turning the back, which I wondered whether it was just something he worked out at Punt Road Oval where because you, you're kicking there three times a week, you know all the visual clues, so you know exactly how far out from goal you are, and that, that system doesn't work in another place. I don't know. I felt like, uh, and I did like your very strong praise there, he's not quite as comically bad as he sometimes see. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the tone yeah. it down there, Captain Positive. But, um, uh, um, but yeah, I sort of wonder, I, t- I did wonder whether there was, was an adult in the room needed to say, to, to take George aside and say, Mate, you, you know, like we get it's an unconventional system, but you, you do need a few basic things, including looking at the goal that you're kicking out a bit more than you do. That well, you do in in this week's iteration of his uh, goal kicking technique. So yeah, I'd, I know. I'd, I'd... Look, the, if you're being serious about it, one like he was, uh, I thought he wasn't helped by the umpires not not enforcing the the ten meter uh, protected zone very much. Um, but also, like if he's going to do that technique, you can you can start off your line as long as you come back to your line. That's not play on. But the way he does it, where he starts on his line and then immediately goes off it, means the umpire has to call play on straight away. Like there, there is a um uh, there is a way of doing it that um could be more effective. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, again, again I think that's that's probably an understatement. <laughs> um, well, the, the stats back it up. Yeah, I, uh, 50, 54% goal kicker for his career compared to AFL average of 60. So, yeah, below feel, average, but yeah. I feel like one thing about this game is... Uh, and I do have to get this. I'm intensely frustrated by. We'll yeah. Talk talk yeah, more about was, some. It was extremely frustrating. I I can offer you a, a contrary take on the the frustration as well. Oh well, I was about to do that. But why don't you go yeah. first, and then I'll go, and then we'll go back to uh, dunking on our, our on our stupid players. Go on. Mm. Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, the the mistakes in the last ten minutes uh, were extremely frustrating. Like there were a whole comical series of them ranging from shorts 50 metres to a non-existent free kick against uh, Ben Miller. But, you know, I just... They've played played 120 minutes of extremely bruising, exhausting football in in slippery conditions like... um, Oh, Grimes chest mark. Um, so yeah, I'm always I'm, I'm loath to to criticise players. I think I think you know we've just we've just stuffed it up long before then with her, uh, particularly uh, the 
the goal kicking, I mean, right, right across the game. Um, part of that, you know, the when I said about the the upside, the the challenge of, you know, we finished the game um, with five million dollars worth of players in the stands or on the on the bench injured. Like, there is on a out of a thirteen million dollar salary cap. Um, we went. Uh, Gold Coast went into the game with the sixth highest drafted uh, players in, in the game, and I think I think that does matter somewhat when you when you look at the the Noah Anderson and and Matt Rowles uh, of the world. Like, yeah, maybe maybe the story is you know our system and our culture could only carry us so far. And the talent differential of of us having, you know, rookie rookie players uh, like uh, Castagna, third and uh, fourth round draft picks like uh, Rioli, Cumberland, um, oh, Art's another rookie. Like maybe maybe the talent differential got to us in an end. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty depressing take because that means we'll never be better than them in the next 10 years. Um, I mean, in some ways, if you if you to be a bit less um, sort of macro, but just look at the game in, in its stead. Was that too analytical for you, Andy? <laughs> Did you... Oh. Oh no, it's so, not that. It's not that. Well, it's it, the, it's the, those, um, are, those are not structural problems. Like they, they are problems. Um, you know, this week. Um, we could get, uh, we should get, um, you know, two million of that f- five million dollars in in players back. And uh, yeah, well, uh, that's what, one thing I did want to say because the the point about the the draft picks is what we said every every time on this podcast for about the last eight years when we lose to one of the two expansion clubs. But yeah, it is a it is a thing, but um, because you know uh, we don't have many top ten draft picks. Uh, well, in inside uh, the the top ten, we've got five, and we we're missing four of them. Like that did this week, so that's that's certainly a thing. Well, and just to break that down a bit more, that look, we haven't we we do need to mention, and this is the thing about the game was that we were missing um, every every player. We, it's one thing to have injuries before the game. It's even worse to have injuries during the game. The fact that um, every player above 196 centimeters, I believe Tarrant was our only tall player, was our tallest player left on the yeah. ground. Yeah. Soldo Nank, so same position, gets injured. Soldo's got a broken thumb. Is going to miss this week. Is our only is our rough for entire last quarter. That's going to affect your ability to hold out mm. um, in, in in the last quarter. By the way, it would have been nice if the commentators mentioned it. Lynch, obviously, that was an early blow. But then when you've already lost someone, you can sort of cover Lynch and Cumberland was a, 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 was lucky that he was the sub because it, it wasn't it, as... It dead. wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah. as bad a, a like-for-like replacement as it was. I, I have quite a few notes on Cumberland. It is um, not for the first time it's gratifying that what you how you would describe a player sort of lines up when you see him in an AFL... Uh, context, although most uh, it it except was great here, except to got well, yeah, which it, yeah, uh, I think 
I think there were moments where the game got a bit um, was you know the adrenaline rush rush was a bit a bit much for him. Like I do, uh, he did uh, he did keep uh, trying to make stuff happen, and he's a he's a reasonably explosive athlete, um, which which even even came across, and he he flew for his marks, which. You know he does. We we've seen him in the VFL, um, uh, uh, clank some pretty decent hangers. The you know, but you know, mentioned mentioned about the goal kicking and uh, you know he's 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 a really um, he's an elite goal kicker uh, at the VFL. Um, so I think I think there was an element of. Too much, just too much adrenaline. Yeah, too much <laughs> for him, for him and, which, which is but, the same. But if we just talk about, just to continue that thought about things that were, this was part of the reason that I felt a bit better after the game. Um, going through draft picks doesn't make me feel better anymore, but going through sort well, of, you know, well, it, it, it's but, a personal choice. It just doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't mean it's not right. Um, but the what what does make me feel better? Look, look that, I, I mean, it's an old cliche and. It's said it before and it probably is annoying to podcast listeners. It's about thinking about the goals if they weren't kicked in the sequence that they were kicked in. And then you think about the fact that I I was always worried that we that we might get run down in the Gold Coast because even though it wasn't hot, it was more humid than it is in Melbourne. Mm. It's, it's still hotter than it was in Melbourne. And we had three injuries. And then we also, I I did think losing Ross to Dow, I know that's only a small thing, but Dow hasn't been running out games in, in no. the NFL. And I, th- I thought he was serviceable in the first or three. Not Service- everyone agreed with no, that. No, he had a couple of bad mistakes at the start of the first quarter, but he, he really kept at it. Which I, he had six clearances for the day, which isn't bad. He, but he still, it's still the the Dow problem that you know uh, he flashes reasonably well, but um, you just need need more flashes. Yeah, and just Ross. His VFL form hasn't been great, which is. Like he's had one, one really good. His last game was good, and he had a decent game a few weeks before that. But yeah, he hasn't quite. When Ross came back in, he was he he beaten down the door. He he'd had a month of just fantastic VFL form. Yeah, and, and Dow didn't have that. No, Ross has proven that he can run out games to an extent that Dow hasn't, and yeah. that that I did think that was a that that, that was going to be an issue, and it. You know, I'm, I'm not saying it was the main one. I, I mean, you don't want to criticise players, but like it's, it, it, like Shorts Fifty was just that wasn't that was so dumb that was, uh, if, if I was to pick, can, and you can tell, yeah, if I was to pick, yeah. I'm not going to like criticising Dylan Grimes. I completely agree; it's ridiculous. He dropped one mark. He took eight other. You, you know, the commentators was the one thing that they picked up was how good he was, but that that was extraordinary. Um, Rioli getting mouthy to the umpire and giving away the fifty was also annoying because it gave. That was of... annoying, but he he'd just been Cunnington, like it was. It was oh yeah, totally. A, yeah. It was a debacle of a decision. Anyway, but like I would, that was just one thing I would say about the game is that it's not. Um, the, I, I sort of as um, as as and you can go through the, a million annoying moments. Um, actually, I will say just on the one of the uh, moments that people got really annoyed about was the Ben Miller kicking out, and that was the only one I'd slightly disagree with on the sort of the general Richmond fans zeitgeist on it. Although that wasn't a great moment, I thought Ben Miller's last fifteen minutes, a few times his preparedness 
to take the game on dug us out of holes that we were in. Yeah, the, the, the confidence that he'd shown in um, talking about VFL form, like he, it was like a, he flicked a switch um, uh, about six weeks ago and he just uh, he went from eight or nine disposals a game to about 20 a game and he just looked much more confident uh, delivering the ball and I, I think he still looks confident delivering the ball and I think that letting him kick out was an expression of of the confidence both that he has and uh, the rest of the team has in him because he wouldn't have done it if if there was a, a team rule um, saying for, for him to not to. So, yeah. No, he's, he's been told to back himself and most mm. of the time that actually turned out really well for us because, you know, the... The disposal, and I, I think the disposal where you get a high disposal efficiency and you kick to free players in the back pocket who then have to do all the work. Mm. Um, the sort of the 2000, and we got a bit this way in 2015, 2016. One of the reasons that we got so good is we stopped doing things like that. We thought about the next disposal and and, and took the risk on. And I, I think Ben Miller, weirdly, I, I, I'm unwilling to be too critical of his disposal for that reason. By the way, he had two disposals in the first half and seven in the second half, so um, interesting game. Um, since we're on a roll now and we're starting to go through the players, um, I think Tarrant um, sort of had uh, the... wait, Sorry, can we... Can, we're, we're doing our typical thing. We do, We just have to say that uh, Shea Bolton is a frigging star and Nick Rewalt was still calling him shy uh, deep into the second half. Like, oh my God. <laughs> um, I, I will say probably... In one of the most annoying things about this game for me is that we wasted a performance like that. That game deserved a win. And yeah, in a in a game where you know mentioned about all the the high draft picks for the the Suns, you know, a couple of um, several first overall picks, you know, um, any number of top ten draft picks on their side, and and Shea just looked a level above. Everyone like almost like he was he was capable of doing anything, and at any moment it was yeah it it was transcendent. Yeah, and it was beautiful to watch. And let's let's be honest, that what's what was going to win us our the game and um, uh, the sort of the the stars and scrubs models, which in some ways. <laughs> Which is what what won us the flags and Bolton playing the dusty role. Um, well, it, it was star, it was uh, star sort of uh, one point five. If you maybe oh, you know, Prestia probably Prestia and Grimes, but yeah, we, we were pretty thin on stars. Um, but oh yeah, that that was pay him the money. Uh, it's not our money, but um, and apparently. There's some there's some discussions underway with his management, and you know he's not he's he's not a scarily enough he's not a perfect footballer, and there's scope I think for him to to be even even better. But oh, it's it's outrageous. It is. I mean, he's he's not a free agent this year, um, and I, I don't really think we need to go on too much about paying him the money when his manager is uh, regularly putting things on Twitter about uh, how loyalty is overrated. Oh, uh, and no, no, he's late. left. He's left Ralph Carr. Bolton. Yeah, I thought he's still with him. I thought Rioli's left him. No, they both left him. 
Did they? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, stand corrected. All right. Well, it's rough cast just yeah. saying weird things about Dusty then, which is yeah. really strange um, yeah. since Dusty's got two years on the contract. Now, speaking of which, um, Rioli uh, had, we last week we talked about career high disposals. He absolutely smashed his with 31. Did it, did it again? Yeah. Looked. Well, well um, didn't so much do it again as sort of took something which was, um, he equaled a PB and destroyed the PB. Like six more than your PB is quite a lot. Yeah. He, he was like, he, yeah, he, he is playing. Really well. Like I think, I think the all Australian discussions tricky because there's, there's a lot of good halfback flankers, and if you sort of it depends on how narrowly you define the the position. But yeah, he's he's going fantastically well, and has he has enormous confidence, and his teammates have enormous confidence uh, in him. Yeah, which is which is great, but that he's doing it two ways. Like he had, uh, he had uh, nine uh, intercepts, which is also uh, a career high. Like uh, it's just, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a cr- credit to him and the, and the coaching staff, and and well, and not the least um, that other other teams are tagging him, like uh, with a with a defensive small forward, like. He's going that well. Indeed, superb. Uh, just on uh, Taron, I should—I think I mentioned he got ten intercepts, which was—he's uh, Richmond high. Yeah. So, look, I, I don't—we don't have to go through all, all, all the players. Well, we should—we should mention Hugo Ralph Smith because um, he got a rising star. <laughs> oh no, I, I was going to actually—he was the one I was going to mention. Twenty disposal, four hundred thirty meters gained. Um, as we've sort of been, we've been talking a lot about his game, but he's sort of the youth and the line-breaking skill, and he's really coming into his own. Maybe oh, the a- the, se- the sequence where you know he burst through the middle and kicked it long to uh, Cumberland was uh, fantastic. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe a poster child for getting ga- games into the kids because games into kids because that means that at a relatively young age they start to really they don't get stage fright when they play and really yeah. get impact impact games. But it was funny. Yeah. I wasn't. They, they have to be ready to to impact, and he's you know he clearly wasn't in his you know he's he's the he's had sort of almost the classic progression of you know token. Um, uh, First season, well, his his first season was was COVID year, um, uh, so even more interrupted. But he's 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 worked really hard in pre seasons. He's been a he's been a um, a track watcher's uh, favourite for the last the last couple of pre seasons, and yeah, he's working working hard and playing much better. Yeah, but he's always yeah. I I agree. Um, he, he's shown stock. I'm 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 having a go because um, I wonder whether Cumberland will, would have had such straight stage fight if he'd had one or two opportunities before. There's Fairfield coaches have um said uh, variations on because uh, he's they were they were drafted. Uh, uh, we had three picks in four. In in the third round of of the draft, uh, at the end of twenty nineteen, um, Cumberland was was the first of them. The with the comically low compensation pick that we got for for Brandon Ellis, because uh, 
headquarters um, couldn't stand um, SEN doing a couple of hours about um, how everything suits Richmond. Um, Do you mean Cumberland or Rasmith? No, Cumberland. Um, so Cumberland. So Cumberland was the was the Ellis compensation pick, was he? Yes. So that we we had um, picks uh, 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 43, 44, um, or we had 43, 44, and 45, and we swapped. Uh, we did a strange swap with Collingwood where they uh, they traded pick 46 for 45 for a swap of third round draft picks. With they had St Kilda's third round draft pick, and we swapped it. You know, it was only a couple of spots the next year. Anyway, um, uh, nobody cares. Uh, yeah, yeah, but we, we, we may have gone. I may, I may have, I may have um, driven you down a cul-de-sac here. Um, Colin would like Trent Bianco, who's who's um, nice kick, not a not a super great athlete. Um, we really liked Hugo Ralph Smith, and yeah, and it, it's worked out really well. Um, you know, and. Uh, uh, I think uh, I think Cumberland uh, has has had the natural forwards inclination. Well, he's he's always been a bit of a see ball get ball uh, kind of guy, um, and that includes his defensive work and learning team defensive structures. Like he's really been one who's needed to play proper organised football rather than the nonsense that. Our young players had to go through with those scratch matches in 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 twenty twenty and losing a big chunk of the VFL season last year. Like he's he's been someone who's just really needed to play play footy and he, you know he's come from come from Queensland and just he's he's taken some time and then there's still some rough edges which I think we saw of. But yeah, it's a it's a credit to him. He's come this far. And we did delist him, so... Yeah, uh, we sort of delisted him, but we immediately relisted him. Does that, does, does that mean we lose his free agency rights? Uh, I think so. Hmm. But but honestly, it's not worrying me. It worries me, honestly, less than um, Ben Miller, who, you know... I'm, might have some value at the end of the year. Yeah, might have some value. And keep, um, keep competent, cheap key position players at... Uh, are a lot scarcer than um, fringy Hufferwood uh, flankers. Um, so, sort of, honestly, I, I worried less. Um, but yeah. No, yeah no, anyway, no. I, I, I fear even by our, by our standards, that was quite, <laughs> quite an obscure diversion. So, it was funny, last week's in the podcast, I... Um, I talked about how sometimes I think that uh, Nank's uh, Nank being captain means that we don't um, he the pro, the way the ruck rotations are done um, isn't is sometimes suboptimal um, in deference to Nank's status on the team. And then I was thinking this game, oh, we're rucking Soldo a lot as first ruck. We're doing this really well. And then no, he's just done his PCL. Um, yeah. So <laughs> is it is a chance to play this week? Shockingly enough. Yeah, well, I was going to talk about that, and I'm maybe we'll do it now because I don't have. There, there were actually a lot of interesting things about yeah. the game, and there was a. And I do agree with your point. There was a system thing. Both our system hurt us, and um, our system got us where 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 we're in a position where we should have won the game ninety eight percent of the time. Um, yeah. And it also the the system is also why we had the 
we had certain players playing that. Um, so, so the system gives and the system takes away. And I, I think Nick, when I'm talking about that, we all know that I'm making a reference to Jake Arts, <laughs> which we don't need didn't don't need to elaborate on. But he, he was, yeah. On even the, the, the Jake Arts point uh, I've made before of he needs to be the best version of himself uh, to be an impactful AFL player. And that best version of himself kicks more than one out of three shots of goal. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's it's harsh for small forwards. And and yeah, look, Morris Rioli Junior, who again put on a absolute masterclass of pressure. Um, you know, he doesn't need to get much of the ball, but he needs to get more more of the ball than he did. You know, it was it, it was a tricky night for the small forwards. It did feel like our our system small forwards did sort of fold in in themselves, fold in in on themselves, and created black holes, a black hole of missed opportunities. So yeah, it, it was it was the extreme <laughs> out, out, outcome. That I was going to say there was I've sort of been avoiding talking about him because it's it's not a very happy topic. But there was a moment early in the game where Shedder picked up a ball where it was bubbling around on the boundary line and centred it, which led to a goal. I thought, yes, that's it. That's what Shedda did. And I thought, oh, hang on, maybe this is... You know, we're getting a Shedda renaissance at the, like... Because he, the last time he was in brilliant form was in the in the Brisbane's, um in the bubble finals, yeah. where he was spectacular. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, then sort of became a, a standard right. cheddar. Took twenty two game, and I was excited, and my my excitement dissipated. But the, there was definitely a thirty seconds there, and I realised how much, as much as um, I'm down on how he's playing this year, how much I desperately wanted him to be the cheddar of old, but. Mm. Uh, so, such as the cycle of football life. All right, Nick, this has not been our most succinct or crisp <laughs> yeah, <it hasn't. laughs> look, uh, game. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Look, I just, I just uh, we've already talked about Cumberland a fair bit, but um, uh, I have in my notes, uh, he's, a, he's a skinny, more explosive version of Josh Candy. <laughs> no, no, that's, uh, I, I don't think that's at all unfair. Like, uh, it, I, I was, like, the whole point with him is you've got to you, you've got to, if he's going to play he's either going to have to get better at defensive pressure which is very hard because it's a lot of it's got to do with athleticism. Well, he or, he is a good he's a good athlete. He's he's an explosive athlete. He's explosive, but and they can jump, but you still need to, to really be good a good, good chase forward. Like I mean, if if chasing being a good chase forward was just about being about mindset, you know, arts would be as would be brilliant at it because no doubt he tries really hard. Yeah. So, yeah, the, but Cum- Cumberland's quite a bit quicker. Um, is, is the, he? Is he that yeah, quick? Is he? Yes. Yeah. No. He he tested. He te- his draft camp testing was was good on all the explosive stuff. Like it's the uh, it's the sustaining and, and that's part yeah, of stamina, stamina, it. Stamina. Stamina. is a thing he needs to build up. Uh, which is and all our all our elite pressure forwards have been have had elite stamina. So so that is the question with him. Like I think that's it's not a, a the question is can a caddy role be um, revived within the team structure? I think is a, is is almost the point of the issue, not not a not an obscure sort of um, whimsical thought that that you you characterised your own thought as. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to play small forward for us, and we've seen it's hard to play small forward for us well for. A, Long period of time and yeah, yeah, ups and ups and downs. Um, did you did you get any pangs watching uh, Marbs? I mean, it was sort of 
he was going to be good, wasn't he? Um, and uh, it was pretty inevitable. But it was it was pretty much how we said in the preview that for the first ten minutes of the game, he looked like he was going to destroy us, and we were going. He was going to kick eight goals and be the amazing Marbs. And frankly, had we not choked, we would have said. And he did. Uh, he did a couple of good things late, but had we not choked, we would have just sort of wisely nodded to everyone said, uh, and said to each other, ah, oh, same old Marbs. Yeah. He, he brilliant flashes, but doesn't sustain it throughout a game because he did completely disappear from the game for at least a half. Yeah. No, no, definitely so. Yeah, um, he had, he had, I mean, he had nine touches for the whole game, which is okay for a key forward, but he had, he had three in the first and three in the last. So he had three over the, he averaged 1.5 disposals a quarter in the second and third quarter. So like, yeah, it's it, that's Marbs, and mm, it is. Uh, all that said, I'd I'd love for him to still be a tiger. I know, but it still it'd still be an awkward fit. I was I was thinking that uh, but, mm. uh, three. Would it, would it, I mean, three, three tall forwards is tough. Oh, three tall forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. I mean, yeah, w- would it be a less awkward set? With the two rucks, I think I, I like it, but he's not rucking for them at all. No, um, no, they've just made him a, a key forward. Yeah, I wonder whether that's... Anyway, we're getting off the point. There's a, anyway. This is a oh, well, Marmia Child podcast. No, we should transition. So the other the other sort of Richmond tall, and probably the one who we'd planned on keeping, um, we'll see this weekend, is backup Ruckman for um, one of the worst teams of them. Uh, well, I was going to say of, of the AFL era, but yeah, I think... I think they're one of the ten worst teams to this point of the season of any AFL or AFL team. Yeah, and just adding to every Richmond fan's conspiracy theory that we always get the games after <laughs> they sack their coach or, or, or the milestone big, games. The <laughs> yeah, oh, no, the, the, the Jason McCartney game. Yeah, they've gone. It's gone and happened to us. A, a, a game with Noble. Um, really interesting article by Shinbona um, Spirit. Well, I think we mentioned before on this podcast about how North Melbourne completely changed their game plan. Um, they were essentially that they did they switched from 2016 Richmond uh, 2015 Richmond maybe to 2017 Richmond as they went from in last week they went from being a team that was uh, terrified to turn the ball over um, and were very conservative in their ball use over the f- first part of the season and then they went they sort of let it all hang out last week and really gunned the ball in long. Um, sort of kick long, try to get the ball, ball in the forward line and defend from the forward line. And it worked extremely well for them. They they probably would have won that game in, in many outcomes and they suddenly were much more competitive. Um, and apparently they, they knew that Noble, the players knew that was, Noble was about to get sacked, so that's why they, they switched. Um, so hopefully, you know, if you believe in yeah, this sort they've, of... They've had, they've had their one-off, yeah. Their dead coach, coach bounce, that, 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 that's why that happened. But... Um, yeah, the but the real star of this team is LDU. Well, he he was certainly the um uh the star. The star uh, last he's in the top one hundred players in the AFL, Nick. Yeah, he is, but he's still. Oh, I was being facetious. He's like in the fifty. I mean, it's ridiculous that uh, their best midfielder is not in the top fifty of their players in the AFL. Yeah, and and it's he's look all their all their players have um caused them a certain amount of frustration and I think that, that LDU is both 20, 23 years old and and still only um, averaging uh, 23 disposals a game when he clearly could and perhaps should be doing better than that in, in his 
in his fifth season. Like it's been a, a slow, incredibly slow build for him. Um, they do. You're saying about the game style, like they, like it is. It's a unique combination of they don't win the ball very much. Like they're 17th in both contested and uncontested possession, but they still turn the ball over a fair bit. <laughs> That's, that's actually quite hard to do from a from a statistical perspective. Joe, you know, Joe Simkin, who I who I like as a player, um, but yeah, he he coughs he coughs the ball up, and unfortunately, he's got a he's got a few friends in um, the uh, among other uh, North Melbourne players. The you know uh, Nick Markey, I like you know he's a He's a, he's a good key forward. Um, just presents. He's not a he's not a really dominant mark. He's not brilliant on 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 the ground. But you know he's he's good at both of those things, and he he tries hard all day. And kicking two goals a game for this team um, is a is a pretty good effort. The 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 thing that really would look and we know um, some uh, one eyed and um, uh, fanatical uh, North supporters, and you know the if we were if we'd been doing a North Melbourne podcast for the past eleven years, and we're trying to talk ourselves into uh, Curtis Taylor and um, uh, Paul Curtis as uh, and Cameron Zahar as the future of the team because they are they are sort of mid-game players um, for them. And actually, Curtis Taylor looked quite good on the weekend, but yeah. That's that's pretty grim areas. Yeah, I'm. I would be apoplectic about the Callum Collin Jones si- signing. <laughs> um, if you'd probably yeah. be trying to talk me down, saying, "Oh, well, you know, we have got the salary cap space. We're not very good. It's all fine." But I got to be angry about it. Um, yeah, the, the the opportunity cost, um, like their their recruiting from other teams has has been bad. Like the, there's no like. Look, Jaden Stevenson. They gave up very little in, in draft capital for him, so I, I get, I get that. And yeah, salary cap space means less to them than than any other players. But you know that Aiden. I talked about Aiden Core uh, years ago. Um, that um, when he was coming up on free agency, and I, I sort of checked out. Oh, I wonder if we're going to have an interest in him. And then when I checked. Uh, at the Giants, he was kept away from all the tough matchups. He always got the opposition's fifth or sixth best forward. So yeah, and he's gone to North, and he's made no difference. Right? That, that they've got too many guys like that. Yeah, I, I do agree, and I sort of I, I was never look. I like CJ, but I was never completely convinced what his role was because. He, yeah. Like he was a big old-fashioned down-the-line marker. In, yeah, and uh, his his big strength as a junior was was accumulation and work rate. Um, and yeah, and he's he's just never. <laughs> uh, he went to North to play first ruck, and he's been there. You know, he's only getting a game because uh, someone else is injured. Like, yeah, and yeah. like that, that it, it is a. There are examples. Our captain is one, but it is a it is a narrow path to tread that to be a first ruck at his height. Speaking of which, um, I should have paid credit when I said midfielder. I meant non ruck midfielder because the old, old man Goldie is still the yeah, he's still he's, really good. He, unbelievably, he, deserve, he deserves he, to be playing on a better team. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a really interesting question actually with the CCJ is that 
like if we were doing a North podcast, we would debate a lot um, about whether or like, like whether we want him to be our Richo, inverted commas, and the North Melbourne Richo as the totemic yeah. figure of a bad era, or you know whether because you won't get much from him if you. If, no, if the, you, I think that this he's thirty four years old, and um, yeah, he's he's having his worst season for uh, some time, and so. he's still in the top thirty players in the NFL. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, he's, it, it was like the still good. While they were choking against Collingwood, which I think we both watched, there was like there was a there was a brief respite of competence and sort of running calming water when he was near the football and and the sort of the rest of the North Melbourne guys where there was more sort of the Benny Hill music playing when uh, the rest of the team was near it. Now, just quickly on the Ruckings, just for a change, I'm. I would rather, given, especially given the way they've described next um, PCL injury, with like Goldie's not, it's not going to be an easy matchup, and uh, he's he's not going to want to hurt Nank. But let's just say a smart, clever guy like Goldie, who's pretty desperate to get a win, I wouldn't want to go into that with a really sore knee, which you can't, which is going to get banged a lot. Because I basically have. I think Nank's pain tolerance is through the roof. So I suspect when he went off against the Goldie, didn't come back on. It was pretty bad. So Nick Samson Ryan has earned a spot. I, I he know has. We've, we've talked about him consistently, about how how well he's played, particularly transitioning uh, as full-time ruck. And then mm. he's, uh, he's another yep. guy with, with good endurance who likes wearing his opponent down. Um but yeah, yeah, like it's it's a tough it's, matchup against. It's up. And you know, as we said, really good player and uh, a, a good second banana, which he's, he he obviously knows. But yeah, look, I, I I would be okay with it. And look, I think that I I, I was one one soldo stinker away from uh, allowing you to talk um, about the idea of um, giving Samson a second game anyway. Um, and yeah, he, he's just been close enough. So I, I don't think it's the end of the world if he plays. Like it, it may be the end of the world, but yeah. sometimes in football, you've got to take a, re- you know, you can't always choose the arts option. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I would be, not that we have an arts option in this case of, um, mm. you know, it'd be nice. Look, we, it's, we, it's we had the big be... O on the list for one last game, but yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be a really, <laughs> yeah, shout out. Um, it's going to be a really interesting week at selection. So, um, uh, Cochin, Bolter, Loston probably. Uh, oh, oh, actually, Cochin probably not. Um, Bolter. No, the, the the language about Cochin was strange, but I yeah. thought oh, I, I've uh, there's been two takes, and my take was positive anyway. It doesn't matter. We'll find out. But I yeah. interpreted it as being quite positive. Yeah, but the Bolter language was very positive. Yeah, there's potentially a few guys coming back. Uh, um, Soldo. Soldo will miss this week. Lynch will miss uh, this week. Um, yeah, yeah, and I reckon there's there's a few guys you can drop. <laughs> um, so whether whether we we see we see a younger guy um, coming in, uh, I think Cumberland's a really good chance for another game, uh, which we which we'd like to see. Yeah, if you wanted to drop a small forward, it's not like you'd be you'd be struggling to find potential candidates. <laughs> no, there is that. But yeah, again, without a without a VFL game as as the 
you know, the VFL plays five games less than the, the senior team for, for some reason. Um, yeah, the, um, uh, it's, hard, it's very hard to say who should, who should come in. Um, I wanted to, yeah, so we should win the, the betting line has, has come in, uh, against us, but it's sort of come in from, from an awfully long way out to slightly less. Um, yeah, it's still, from a sort of comically, yeah, it's 40, Comic, 40, 40 points, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just checked, and exactly, and it was comically high, and now it's just, the other team still has no chance, but it's no, it, it, it at least recognises a two-sided contest. Mm. Um, the, if you want to, you want to finish, uh, with, um, uh, a stat for you, Andy, um, to sort of finish, finish where we started. Um, did you know that over the, the past, uh, five years, um, Richmond's record in games under, um, 10 points is exactly, uh, 50%. We've played, uh, played 14 games for six wins, two draws and, and two losses. Um, but the way we've done them, where in the, you know, 2018 to, to 2020, um, we won six, um, drew once, lost once, and then the last two years we've won once, draw once, um, lost six. Like it's it's in a um, a, a largely random event has um, happened in a way that uh, is almost designed to reinforce our smug uh, our smugness at how good we were in the, those first couple of years. Um, and then the last couple of years has just only added to to a sense of um, chaos and um, frustration. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought this up. And that that is a good stat. Well done. Um, well, and and we were inept in close games in 2017 as well. Like it, it yeah, it, the, it, the, really, it really looks random. We remember we're, it's easy to forget. In 2017, we had um, three losses by a kick in three weeks. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, indeed. And look, I—it was something I should have said earlier when I was talking about the game. Is I'm—I know when other teams, and there have been other teams who, in you know, you go back a couple of years. The, the there's always about every second year there's a team that gives up sort of three or four really big leads quite close to each mm. other and becomes quite famous for it. And, I, and I've sort of all those times I can go back and. I didn't research which they are, but I can remember the sort of looking at them analytically and thinking, ah, uh, like when I've heard sort of commentators try to say why this is so, I've never found it very convincing. Like, mm. it, 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 if you, if yeah, you, why, why is Collingwood winning winning all sort of close games? Well, well uh, I just think it, 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 you know, it's shoulder shoulder shrug emoji. <laughs> yeah, well, um, shoulder shrug. Well, that is quite topical, the shoulder shrug. Um, but the, uh, uh, the, yeah. the point I'm, since the 1980s and Fitzroy didn't exi- doesn't exist anymore, I think basically, like the fitness argument is obviously only something the junior coach so simplistically uh, only applies in under 14s, and so I, I'm 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 inherently resistant uh, to the there's a systemic issue, and it's not and it's something I'm with all clubs. It's not just convenient because it's Richmond, mm. but the one thing I will say is, and I don't actually I think. 
there has been a couple of games where we've been part of the reason we've had big runs against us is because how bad we were in center squares. But I don't yeah, think, I, that, think, I think that's the thing, yeah. but I don't think that was the issue against the Gold Coast. Like we gave up a couple of bad clearances, but we were tied overall in the center clearances. Um, and yeah, maybe which one are, or two, which, are, which is a pretty good effort given yeah. the personnel, the personnel we had out. And, 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 and their strengths. Discussed. Yeah, they, they, they were yeah, really good at strengths as a team, yeah. So I don't think... That's why I didn't even bring it up during the podcast, because I, I, I didn't think... Although I think it was probably Carlton and St Kilda losses you could, you could partly put down to that. I, I didn't think it was a significant enough contributing variable against the Gold Coast. And I mm-hmm. think of all the things, that is the one systemic issue we may have in defending leads because people can yeah, run off. The, but the, that the wasn't off- the story this week. No, the off-season... Rumours linking us to uh, 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 Hopper and um, Taranto at the Giants. They, they yeah, yeah, you can see there's a reason why those rumours are out there. Yeah, and you know, as discussed last week, just, just look at our midfield when um, uh, at times, yeah, you know, <laughs> All right, um, we've gone back to, to the analytical. Uh, the, uh, the last thing I said really should have been said at about, I think, the five-minute mark, but there you go. Um, it, it was a frustrating game. <laughs> we've, worked through, we've worked through our trauma. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Andy. It starts Where with a If we're not locked into that, might as well pack up and go home. You're talking about three flags, by 2020. Fitzroy's played in my files with you guys.